Okay, Mana Seminars, we are on to Module 14 and uh, on Divine Healing. And tonight we're dealing with Module 14.1, Healing in the Bible. Uh, so t tonight we want to uh, just give you a foundation of faith from the Word of God about healing. Um, as much as we talk about healing, or as much as we think about it, we, it, the ability to trust God for healing comes out of an understanding of the Word of God. Yeah? So we need to just lay a foundation for, for this in our lives, and we're going to take three weeks over healing, so we're going to be talking about it quite a bit, and uh, then we're going to be available to pray for people. So tonight is, is a real Bible study. We're going to be looking at a lot of scriptures. And so we're starting in Matthew chapter 9. And we're going to read just a few verses uh, from there. Verse 1, Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over and came to his own town. Jesus is the healer. Some men brought to him a paralytic lying on a mat. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, this fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or you say, get up and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, then he said to the paralytic, get up, take your mat, and go home. And the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God, who had given authority to men. Verse 18, while he was saying this, a ruler came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. And Jesus got up and went with him and so did the disciples. Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, If only I touch his cloak, I will be healed. And Jesus turned and saw her and said, Take heart, daughter. He said, Your faith has healed you, or in the authorised version says, your faith has made you whole. And the woman was healed, or made whole from that moment. When Jesus entered the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. And after the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. And news of this spread throughout all that region. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith will it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them, sternly, see that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him all over that region. While they were going out, a man who was demon-possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. The crowd was amazed and said, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. So there's a, a, a sort of a, a kaleidoscope of Jesus in action. And uh, there's certain things in those passages that are common to each of them. And uh, it's good to read those. Over in Luke chapter 4... And verse 18, we read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Is that what he said? Yeah. <clears throat> the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Over in Hebrews 13 and 8, it says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the truth of the matter is that nothing's changed. Jesus is still the healer today. And he's still available to bring healing uh, to us uh, and to, to everybody, really. Um, I've put in the notes here, Jesus came to show us what the Father is like. One of the great things about uh, Jesus is that he shows us what God is like. In the Bible, it talks about that Jesus was the express image of the Father. And uh, so he, he says that. Uh, in John 14 and verse 9, Jesus is talking to Philip. And Philip says, show us the Father. And Jesus said, hey, wait a minute, I've been with you for so long. 
How come you're still saying, show me the Father? Don't you understand that I and the Father are one? So, you know, there is this... When we see Jesus in action, we see the heart of God in action. Jesus expresses the heart of God. And uh, so we, when, we, when we read in the Gospels what Jesus did and how he treated people, how he uh, confronted uh, difficulties... Uh, we see the heart of God, the Father, in that. Hi, ladies, come on in. Good to see you. Well done, you got there. Um, Jesus always did the will of the Father. Therefore, we can assume from this that it is God's will to heal, yes? So when you see Jesus healing people, you, you, you can say, well, that's what God would do. That, that's the heart of God being shown right there. And so we have confidence in this. People reason that we cannot expect God to heal today. It may not be his will. I've heard so many people say, well, I'm not sure that God was going to heal me. The interesting thing, however, the same people do not consider the will of God when they go to the doctor. You see, if we, you know, if it's not God's will for us to be whole, then... We mustn't go to the doctor and get healed then. That would be going against God. But that, that never enters our head. And yet, the question mark does come up in our heads. Hi, Nigel. Well done. There's some notes there, man. And it does go, oh, well, I'm not, oh, well, I'm not sure. I don't know whether God wants to heal me or not. And we, and we need to just get rid of that tonight and, and, and trust the Lord. Jesus said, John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I am come that you might have life and have it in all of its fullness. Yes? 3 John 2, the King James Version says, I wish above all things that you might prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Saying, I wish above all things. You know, that's a pretty big all. I, I, my desire is that you do well in life that you prosper, that you be in health, and that your soul is, 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 is prospering. Yeah? And those things are connected. If our soul is prospering, if emotionally we're strong, often that will have a, a, a strength in our bodies and a, and a good effect through our, our bodies and keeping us well in strength. Divine healing is as much part of God's will as salvation. Throughout Scripture, healing is linked with salvation and God's atoning work on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he also died for our sins, and he also bore our sicknesses there. And so we look at the scriptures for that. You see, at Passover, in Psalm 105 and verse 37, when they, you remember the time of Moses, when they came out of Egypt, and they took the Passover lamb and slew it, and judgment passed from them, and they left Egypt. And in Psalm 105, 37, it says, There was not one feeble one among them. And when they partook of that Passover, there was a divine uh, touch of healing in their lives. Um, Exodus 15 and verse 26. Uh, the first incident after the Red Sea escape was the healing of the waters at Marah, when God gives his people his covenant name, Jehovah Rapha, or Jehovah Ropha. Uh, different uh, things put an A or an O in there but it says here Exodus 15 and verse 26 and it says um, he said if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians for I am the Lord who heals you and he gives the covenant name of Jehovah Rapha uh, there uh, and it's interesting, just as they come out through the Red Sea, which was a type of salvation and the release from Egypt, then uh, this is there. Uh, in Numbers chapter 21, Genesis Leviticus, Numbers 21, it talks about the time when a plague of snakes came into the camp and a lot of them were bitten and, and were dying of snake poisoning. And um, <clears throat> it says there, the Lord sent their snakes come among them and they bit the people and many Israelites died. Verse 7, the people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. 
And the Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole, and anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, he lived. So here is a type of Jesus taking the curse. The snake is a picture of the curse. And here he is on a pole, on a cross. And uh, this was the remedy. In this particular case, if they were bitten by a snake, they all had to look to that picture of who was going to be Jesus on the cross. The picture of the snow becoming a curse, and they were healed. You can imagine, well, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to look at that. And, and so, you know, they had to, do, had to have faith in what God had told them to do. Numerous occasions of recorded healing in the Old Testament. The story of Naaman, remember the leper that came? And it's interesting, you know, he expected, he expected the, the prophet to come out and lay his hands on him. Laying on of hands is connected often with healing. And so we see this coming through the scriptures. But Naaman said, I, I thought he'd come out and lay his hands on me. So obviously, even in Old Testament times, this was a way that was uh, a way of, of receiving healing. Um, the widow's son who died, King Hezekiah, was healed and so on. And then we come over to a key scripture in Isaiah chapter 53, which talks about, as a prophet, it's written many hundreds of years before Jesus went to the cross, but it talks about the Son of God going to the cross. And it, it says here that uh, Isaiah 53 and verse 3, he was despised and rejected by men. He was a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds or by his stripes we are healed. Now it's interesting that elsewhere in the Bible this word sorrows, he's a man of sorrows, uh, is translated as the, Greek, as the Hebrew word makob, which is the word pain. And uh, so there it is, the man of sorrows. He took up our infirmity and he carried our sorrows. He carried our pain with, at the cross. Uh, and it talks about our infirmities, that he carries our infirmities. The word grief, uh, man of sorrows, familiar with grief. Where does it say that? Um, as again, the word uh, disease or anxiety or malady. And he was one who, who, who took our griefs, yes? Mm -hmm. And he took our sorrows, our pain. He, he was familiar with our suffering. Mm -hmm. He carried our sorrows. Mm -hmm. And uh, he took up our infirmities. And so as well as talking about our sin and our needing, uh, and so he, we, he bearing our sin so we didn't have to bear it, he also bore our sickness. That's why he died on the cross so quickly. Mm -hmm. Most people on the cross would last for days. Um, but, you know, he was dead before they even... You know, what happened to the other two thieves on the cross? What did they do to them? Why did they do that? Yes, yeah, so they couldn't breathe. Because, you know, they have to push on their legs to be able to get a breath, which would have been absolute agony. But the Passover was, going to, was there. And so, you know, it had, you know, they didn't want the festival to keep going with these... Uh, this one who was the king of the Jews, still on the cross, and, and, but he had already died because he carried our sin. The sin of the world was upon him and um, crushed and the sickness as well. Uh, in Matthew chapter 8, it refers to this, it quotes this thing from Isaiah. So we just should look at that as well, Matthew chapter 8, 16 and 17. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities, and he carried our diseases. So there, when Matthew quotes that scripture, he translates it in the way of diseases and of infirmities, and it says, well, Jesus was doing this. 
This is what the prophet Isaiah said was going to happen. And so we find that uh, there is provision for healing at the cross. On the cross, Jesus took not only our sins, but also our sickness. Verse 4 of Isaiah 53 says, Surely he took up our infirmities. The only surely in the redemption chapter of Isaiah 53 prefaces the promise of healing. Um, in that verse, and carried our sorrows. That word is, is the Hebrew word there, and it means nasa, and it means to lift up, to bear away, to convey, or to remove to a distance our sorrows or our pain. And so there in the, in the work of the cross, there is this uh, bearing and carrying and removing our sicknesses. And then it says, by his stripes we are healed. In other words, when Jesus took that flogging, he took uh, it was the, it was the wounds on his body that was for our healing. Psalm, David, when talking about it, says Psalm one hundred and three and verse three says, "Who forgives all your sins and what heals. and heals all your diseases?" You know, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless His holy name, forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases? And again, there's this. Uh, Forgiveness of sin and healing of our bodies connected together in scripture after scripture. Those two things are often found together in the scripture. Um, if you read chapter Deuteronomy chapter 28, uh, the first part of it is all about the blessings. If you walk with the Lord, then God's going to bless you. If you do it God's way, God's going to bless you. And there's a whole lot of verses, 14 verses about the blessings that come about that. And then, uh, then the rest of the chapter, 15 right through to 62, talks about what happens if you don't walk in his ways. Then you're open to the possibility, you open yourself to the possibilities of what he, uh, this chapter refers to as, as curses. And you walk into those things like that. Um, uh, was it Ecclesiastes has said if we break a hedge the serpent bites us mm. you know we break through God's protective cover so, so it's like that uh, but in Galatians 3 God, you know once Jesus had died on the cross it, it says there that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law mm. so Galatians 3 chapter 3 13 it says Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. So Jesus took the curse of, the, of sin, the curse of the law, and, 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 and took it on himself. He became, for it is written, cursed everyone who is hung on a tree. That's why God paints the picture of the snake on the pole back in Moses' day. He said, this is a sign of the curse. This is what Jesus is going to, going, going to take for us. Verse 14, he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. So we're saying here that uh, the blessings of Abraham, Genesis 24, 1 says, he was blessed in all things or in every way. And so God takes the curse and says, right, you, you, from, from now on, there is blessing. He's removed the curse. You can walk into the fullness, into the blessing, and of all that God has for you. And, and so that becomes important. So what we're saying here, Jesus carried our sins and removed them. We don't have to carry them now. Jesus carried our diseases and pain and removed them. We don't have to carry them now. And by his stripes we are healed. We need to accept that and expect his healing touch on our lives. So this is the point of faith. This is what we need to walk. This is the possibility. And uh, we need to understand that the provision is made. We don't have to strive to do it. We don't have to achieve it. It is done. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, it's finished. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. Now, there's three types of sickness. One, there's physical sickness in our bodies, broken leg, pneumonia, glandular, whatever, you know. Um, so, so we 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 understand we're pretty understanding of that sort of sickness. When I was a uh, seventeen, seventeen, yeah, I got glandular fever, and uh, I was really crook with it. 
and uh, it was just right at the beginning of winter, it was right at the beginning of the football season, and uh, I was captain of the first soccer 11, and, and I got this thing, and I couldn't go to school. Mm. Uh, I was off for, for, they said I'd be off for three months. I was off for about six weeks, and then I said, I've got to go back, but, and I was, it was there, and the, and the football coach said to me, you, you'll never, you won't be playing, we'd only been playing about three weeks, and he said, your, your season's over, man. He said, you get that, you just, you, you, you've, you've had it. And I thought, oh, no, this was my seventh form year, this was when we had trips away, we were, I was captain of the team, and man, I was looking to the football season, and then, you know, three weeks into it, and I'm crook, and I can't do anything, I had terrible pains around my midriff, midriff and swollen glands, and, and I thought, but mum and dad believed in healing, you know, and they prayed for us. They used to pray for us all the time. Mum and dad were just like, you know, if we were sick before, if you sick, get up in the morning sick, they'd pray for you and send you to school. <laughs> there were several times the teacher sent us back again. <laughs> but, uh, they, you know, they believed for healing. And, and I've got to say, you know, I was back playing football within six weeks, played the rest of the season, and they said, you know, they said, this will come back every year. It'll, it'll be back every year. You know, it's a recurring thing. And, and forget your sport, man. You, 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 you're just not going to play. But God healed me. God did something in my life. And I was back playing football. The coach said, you've got to be careful, man. You, you can't be, especially in the cold, because you get cold, you have all the swellings. There. But it never, it, it never happened, you know. It was just great. Um, there, there's mental sickness. Psychosomatic sickness. Psycho is, is our, the word for mind, and soma is the word for body. So psychosomatic sickness is a sickness arising from the state of mind and affecting the body. Example, shock, deep hurt, emotional anxiety, unforgiveness. Those things that occur and, and affect our soul area, our emotional area, our minds, um, if we carry them long enough and just... We, we don't deal with those things, then often they will have an effect on our bodies. And, 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 and they reckon that a goodly percentage of people in the hospital today, it started psychosomatically. It started because of anxiety, it started because of different, or shock or something like that. And so that area, yeah, but, but the Lord heals those things. And then there's spiritual healing, uh, spiritual disease, sorry. Evil forces, like when the devil attacked Job, some things are hereditary. You know, there's a spirit. Sometimes some sickness can be hereditary because of our genes, but it can also be because of our spirits, spirits that carry down through the family. So spirits can pass down through the family. Um, simple things uh, sometimes, but they, they can be carried from grandfather, father to son and... And, and people say, I hear, I hear people say, oh, well, this is just who I am. My dad does that. Mm. Or um, my mum was always crook like that. Mm. Now, there's some things that we carry in our genes that have passed on, but there are other things that are spiritual. Um, one example of that is I used to get hay fever. And I just used to say, well, sure. Um, Dad has hay fever. Dad had chronic hay fever different times. So I had hay fever. Well, that's fine. But one day I was, I was absolutely sneezing my head off, eyes, nose running, and I'm trying to, as chairman of a, of a board meeting, I'm trying to run this board meeting, and, and, and I'm just sneezing. I'm just, just one after the other. Nose running, another handkerchief running. And I thought, I'm sick of this. And I'd been thinking a few days before, I think, no, this is, this is coming from Dad. There's no reason, because I'm a Christian, I've been born again, there's no reason why I should carry this. I wonder if this has got a spiritual root to it. And I'm just, oh, well, that's just who I am. So I said to the guys, guys, I'm, I'm sick of this. Would you pray for me? They said, Sure. I said, oh, but I want you to pray with it like this is a spirit that's been passed down from my dad 
and not just a sickness. And I want you, I'm going to renounce the thing, so I'm not having this. I renounce this hay fever in the name of Jesus, but would you pray a prayer of setting me free from hay fever? Yeah? Mm -hmm. They said, yes. So I just prayed this simple verse, Lord, I just renounce hay fever. This is not who I am. You, you, you took this on the cross. I'm not having it. I'm born again of the Spirit of God, and I just release the spirit of hay fever. Crazy thing. I'm in my mind, I'm thinking... I don't even know whether I even, the spirit of hay fever, whatever, you know, I don't know. Well, and they said, and they took authority over it, said we release you in, in the name of Jesus from this spirit of hay fever, and uh, we set you free in Jesus. I said, thank you, Lord. It stopped right then. Right then, every sneeze, the eyes just cleared, the nose just cleared, I've put my handkerchief back in my pocket. I didn't need it again. And I've rarely ever been troubled by hay fever for the last umpteen years. And I went home and I thought, wow, you mean I put up with that thing for that long? And I didn't need to? See, there are some things that are like that that we can be set free. Jesus, it says there, Jesus in Matthew 9, when we read it, he, you know, people had... Uh, little spirits that were hanging around, he dealt with the spirit and the person was healed. Mm. And I've seen that over and over and over again. Mm. And so, you know, that's a way of being sick. <laughs> you know, that it's a spiritual thing, not just a normal thing. So that, if that's the case, that's easy to deal with. Three ways of healing. One, doctors and medical staff. Praise God for the skill of doctors and nurses. Amen. God is not going to get upset if we go to the doctor, yes? But I've heard people say, I'm not going to the doctor. I'm trusting God to heal me. Okay, help yourself. According to your faith, be it unto you. But the funny thing is, when they get a sore tooth, they go straight to the dentist. Now, there's something wrong in their theology right there. You know? <laughs> But anyway, God is the source. And this is what I want to emphasize tonight. God is the source of healing. He has already placed his healing power in our bodies. See, it's an amazing thing. Our bodies heal, isn't it? You know, you cut yourself. A week later, it's gone. It's, you, we're healed. Healing is within us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has placed healing within our bodies. Yes? And there are some things the doctors and, and the doctors can give us stuff, medicine, whatever, uh, and, and he, they speed up that process of healing. Mm. Or they stop the, the disease from, from encroaching any further in our bodies. Mm. It's a great thing. But healing, you know, for, for me, God is my source of healing. Mm. God's the source of my salvation, of my forgiveness. God is, the, And he can use whatever means that is available to us. Yeah? So he may well use doctors, medicines, etc., to aid that healing process. Healing can comes from spiritism. This includes faith healing, manipulated by the spirits of dead people. Keep away from any form of divination by pendulum swimming, swinging, etc. Uh, things like that. Often they're calling up spirits, uh, and often some heal healing in this realm is often being brought about. By evil spirits. Remember, back in uh, Moses' day, Moses, Moses uh, did signs and wonders, and all the magicians came and did exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so there can be uh, spirit healing. Uh, that, uh, and you say, well, what's the, what's wrong with that? Well, you get, you may get healed, but you, get but you may get a passenger as well. Mm -hmm. So you need to be careful. And as far as You've got to be careful who it is that is administering that healing. There are some things that are probably neutral, and we just need to be wise and make sure we're not coming under the influence of Eastern spirits or anything like that. Otherwise, we will end up with some sort of difficulty in some area of our life, especially in our soul area. Um, check out the religious belief of the healer. We do not need to be con contacting spirits of the dead. We need to be in contact with the spirit of the living God. And then God heals today. We believe in divine healing, that God is the source of our healing. 
There are times when medical science can't, but God can. God is interested also in healing the whole person. So when healing comes from God, he's interested in you. He's interested in you, body, mind, and spirit. You know, sometimes the doctor is only interested in your throat, your knee, your eye, etc. But God is interested in you and your well-being. Your faith has made you whole. And, and, and so uh, we'll deal with this in other, other nights. And, and so it comes up. Yes, in, man, in Mark chapter 2, Jesus met the man with palsy and saw the whole man and not just his physical condition. So he forgave his sin first and then healed him. Mm. So, so, you know, God is not interested in just my body and healing my body. He's, he's interested in, in, in me, my wholeness. And uh, so that's a good thing. Uh, the picture on the front cover, I chose that because of this incident. This is the lady that, what, what was wrong with her? Bleeding, hemorrhaging. Yeah, she'd been hemorrhaging for 12 years. And, um, and so she said, uh, well, I put it in here. For she said within herself, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. So she didn't just receive the healing of her bleeding. She received a real sense of forgiveness, and of, she changed as a person. And uh, so this is, this is a great thing. And, and, and she had to push through. It wasn't easy for her to get to Jesus, but she was determined, just felt in her heart, if I can just get there and touch him. And sometimes there is that point of contact. If I can just get people to pray for me, I'll be made whole. If I can just call for the elders of the church and let them anoint me with oil, I'll be made whole. And there's different ways that we'll, we'll see that healing flows. And uh, it is a point of releasing our faith. When we come to Jesus, he sees the real us. 1 Samuel 16, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. He sees our lives, perhaps stained by sin. He sees our mind, seared by hurtful experiences. He sees our bodies, racked by that nagging pain. And he calls us to come to him, and he deeply desires to heal you. Hallelujah. Okay, over the page. And, and, and you need to come to the Lord with that sort of attitude. There's all sorts of ways. God, God can use all sorts of ways of healing. And we'll touch on some of them in the, in the times coming up. And, and, but if we're looking to God, I receive healing from God. You see? Whatever way that I'm receiving that healing, I, I look to the Lord for it. It's the same with my provision. I look to God to provide my needs, my financial needs and whatever. Now, if one source of supply falls off, that's no problem to God because he can raise up another source. But where's it coming from? It's coming from God. And I'm looking to him. So I'm not concerned too much if one thing stops. I just say, Lord, I'm getting ready. You're going to open up another supply. Mm. For me and my family, yes. Mm. We look to that, and I'm looking to God to supply as the source of all good things. Hallelujah. Yeah. Now, one of the reasons for page four that more people are not healed is because it is not preached and taught in the churches. How many people would be saved if we never preached on salvation? Or if we preached it like, maybe it's not the Lord's will to save you. <laughs> Perhaps your sin is for God's glory. Be patient in your sin until God wills to save you. The day of miracles, that is your salvation, is past. You know, it is no wonder people are not healed with that sort of believing. And I discovered early on in my life that, and I, because I was challenged by this, I thought, nah, do I believe this? Because <laughs> it's got a lot of questions. There's a, as far as you teach and healing and as far as you go, you still end up with a whole lot of questions. That there's no answer. Why don't some people get healed? We'll talk about that later. Why, you know, why, and, and, and this, that, and the other. Well, surely everybody should get here. And, and you start to think, oh. But I, I, 
looking at it, I thought, it's interesting that the people who preach it the strongest and talk about it the, and believe it the most are the ones that see the most healings. Mm. So I thought, right, I'm going to be one of those. <laughs> if, I'm all, if I'm always going to be just, oh, well, I don't know whether, you know, oh, no, man, I, no, 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 it's too, it's too, it may not happen. But the question is, it may happen. So I've decided that I will go in with that attitude that it may happen. That Jesus might, that they, you know, and, I, and, I, and I've seen that. And uh, when I was in my 20s, late 20s, I was uh, in charge of looking after this little church in Blenheim, and, and we had a, we, the first breakthrough that we'd had, and, and people suddenly decided to come to the church, which was amazing, because I'd been there for two and a half years, and there was only 11 people, or 10 actually, and five of them were my family. So you can see I was a very effective preacher and pastor. And, but God did something. And I, in a, in, a, in a rash of enthusiasm, I decided to preach on four Sunday nights, Jesus is the saviour, Jesus is the healer, Jesus is the baptiser and the Holy Spirit, and Jesus is coming again. And I advertised, did flyers, and we distributed it to all the letterboxes in Blenheim and said, I'll be preaching on this Sunday night, please come along. So the first Sunday I preached Jesus saved her, and the first person gave their life to the Lord, and, and, and Bob and George, and he became an elder in the church years later, and it was just great. I preached on healing the second Sunday, and there was about 35 people there, and 12 of them came forward. I said, if you want healing, you come forward, and I'll pray for you. And then 12 people got up out of their seats and came forward, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> And I'd preach with full of enthusiasm, Jesus can heal you today, yeah. hallelujah, and I, yes, believe God, you know, sort of style. Yeah. And, and then, and all of a sudden, the old devil whispered in my ear, yeah. now we'll see what happens. <laughs> you know. But God is good, God honours our faith. There's a young guy stepping out, believing the word of God, and with just a little bit of courage, and, and just willing to have a go. And I just said, Lord, help me. <laughs> and I pray. But every one of those 12 people were healed. One of them, I'm standing there, and this lady, she, and you could hear her neck go, you could hear audibly go, and she said, oh, she said, I'm healed. And she's going like this with her neck. She said, I couldn't move my neck, but it's all gone back into place, just standing, waiting. Oh, I said, thank you, Jesus, that's good. <laughs> because immediately other people are thinking, yes, God's moving. And they start to believe it. Their faith goes another level, you see. And I remember old, old um, what was his name? <laughs> I remember. Yeah, right. <laughs> this joker came forward and, uh, and I'll come to me, senior moment. And, and he comes forward and he's crook. He's dying. I didn't know that. <laughs> But he was dying. His esophagus had stopped working. He couldn't swallow. And he was, couldn't eat. And he was just taking a little bit of liquid and trying to stay alive. His farm had gone to rack and ruin. The insurance company wouldn't insure him or anything. And he is literally starving to death, yeah? And he comes forward, and Rex, Rex Bright. And I bet him, yeah. When I was down in Blender a couple of years ago, he was the first one to come running up to me. Ian, good to see you. <laughs> and this was 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 35, 40 years and he, and, he, uh, and, he, and we just prayed for him. Nothing happened. It didn't seem to happen. He just went home. But within two days, it started working. It started to swallow. Within a week, he was eating. Within two weeks, he was back on his farm working. And he's still alive there. And he comes running, hey, good to see you, man. And he, you know, God touched him, and the others all were healed. And I thought, wow. See, if we believe, we have a go and trust the Lord and take him at his word, who knows what he will do? Who knows what he will do? And uh, since then, I've seen uh, God do some, some wonderful things. It is no one 
wonder people are not healed. See, if we don't believe it, we don't speak about it, then we don't see it. How should we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Hebrews 2, 3, 4. We, I expect to see God move after the preaching of the word. That's why the other Sunday night was, was, was special, because we took time to allow the Holy Spirit and to pray with people. And the minute you begin to pray with people, the, the Spirit of God says, I'm into this. I, what, you know, he will do stuff. And you, he just, he's a good God. He loves us with an unfailing. He wants to bless us. Hallelujah. And he confirms the word with signs, wonders, and gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know? And, and you say, what's a wonder? Well, a wonder is something you go home wondering about. <laughs> you see, people, you know, sometimes with the, the, the presence of God is so strong on people, they just can't stand. And that comes up in the Bible in a number of different places. And that you see them on the floor. And you say, well, I wonder what that's about. Well, that's a wonder. But God does things in their lives at that time. And I've seen everything happen. And, and, and there's signs, you know. But anyway, I better not get sidetracked on that just right now. But we'll come to them as we go along in the next couple of nights. Jesus often commended a person's faith when healing them. You see, it does take, that's what I'm trying to engender in you, faith in the word of God, that God's a healing God. If you come to that conclusion and you expect God and you look to him and you trust him, then you open the possibility of receiving in a far greater measure than just, oh, well, I don't know about this. We need to cooperate with the Spirit of God. Yes. I mean, God will heal anyway, mm -hmm. on occasions. Remember the great healing evangelist lady, uh, Catherine Coleman, and she said that she was always amazed that God would heal people miraculously, you know, and, and, and then they would just, they'd never, they'd just walk out cursing and swearing and mm -hmm. telling God's a load of rubbish. Mm -hmm. And she could never understand that. But it's just the goodness of the God to, to bless people. He loves people. He loves people. In a church in, in the uh, Elam Church in London, in Kensington, London, I was there and uh, I was uh, the uh, assistant pastor was told to take me for lunch. And so he took me out for lunch. <laughs> the senior man was probably busy. And then, so that was fine. And, and I talked to him. I said, what are you doing at the moment? Oh, he said... Man, he said, I'm, I'm in charge of digging out the basement of the, of the church. I said, why are you doing that? He said, well, we can't get permission to, to expand the church. It was a historical building right in the middle of London. So we're going down. And so they got the Bible school students to be digging, <laughs> digging out, cutting the, the stuff out. I said, oh, that's a bit of a task. He said, you say that again. But he said, we're going to have a whole big area right under the whole church. We're going to open it all up. And... Uh, but he said, the interesting thing is there, he said, what we found down there, he said, do you know this? He said, we have taken out of that basement three big truckloads of crutches, wheelchairs, um, wheelchairs and... and, and what is it? Zimmer, Zimmer frames <laughs> and all sorts of things. And cast irons of legs, you know, those iron legs and lift shoes. He said, we've taken three truckloads out of that church. Because that was the church where sometimes an evangelist called Smith Wigglesworth would preach. And also um, several of the others, Percy Brewster and some of the others. And, and the Elam church were brought up in this healing and George Jeffries. And, and people would just leave their stuff and go home healed. And so they said, what do we do? Oh, stick it in the basement, we'll deal with it later. <laughs> stick it in the basement, we'll deal with it later. And, and, and so, you know, in those early days of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, they believed in healing. They believed in healing. And it was interesting, when I would preach in those Elam churches in England, they still had that faith for healing. And we, often people just get healed. It was just because of this resonant, deep belief that Jesus heals today. Hallelujah. See, and faith, Jesus was looking for faith. Faith comes by hearing 
and what? Hearing by the word of God. So that's why I'm taking you back into the scriptures to anchor your faith in the word of God. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So here we come to some more scriptures. People of the Bible who believed in healing. God believes in it. He says, I am the Lord who heals you. Isaiah believed in it. By his stripes we are healed. David said, praise the Lord, O my soul. And what? Forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Guess what the memory verse is for this week. <laughs> and that's a great verse to know. You know, praise the Lord, O my soul. So, you know, we, it's, we've got to, you know, who, for, and don't forget his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your... Hallelujah, I love that. Malachi says in Malachi 4.2, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Yes? Matthew says he took up all our infirmities and carried our diseases. Mark says these signs will accompany those who believe. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Luke says God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. And there you get an inkling that, you know, sickness is not of God. It's of the, our enemy. The thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And I'm coming, you might have life, you see. So we need to... John says, I wish above all things that you might prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Peter says, what, have I, what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. James says, is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well and the Lord will raise him up. That's a great scripture. Paul says to another, gifts of healing by the same spirit. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he's anointed me to heal the brokenhearted, recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are bruised. Uh, John says, I'm come... Quoting Jesus, that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And John 6 and verse 30 said, He that comes to me, I will never drive away. And so in our sickness, in our need, we come to who? We come to Jesus. We come to the Lord. You see? And so it, it, it's important that we do that. Whether I'm in uh, the waiting room of the doctor or the dentist, I'm looking to God to help me. Yes? If I'm waiting in the prayer line, I'm looking to God to help me. I'm looking to the Lord. He is the healer. He places, he's already placed healing in our bodies. It's a matter of releasing that healing flow through us, yes? And, and believing God. <coughs> Laying on of hands. One of the signs given to the church, they shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. In Matthew 9.18, it says, A ruler came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and place your hand on her and she will live. And there's something about the impartation through the laying on of hands. See, we carry, and we've talked about this for five weeks, we've carried the presence of God within us. He's with you. Hallelujah. He's in us. He is there. We are his body. We're, see, it's like this. I, I never forget. I came to the realization that if I reach out my hand, he reaches out his because I'm part of his body. See? When I reach out my hand, hallelujah, there's an impartation of the presence of God from within. And we carry an anointing of God. Some, and it's a, it's a measure of faith. I simply have faith to believe that when we lay hands on the sick, healing begins. Mm. Right there. So it says they shall recover. Sometimes, so many times we'll talk about this next week, but sometimes we pray for people and the healing. See, I just know that something happens. I trust God that it begins and it will just keep going mm. while the person holds on to their faith and simply begins to believe God and begin to thank Him, then that healing will continue hour after hour, day after day. And then one day, right, it's there. And, and so it's like that. Uh, just two more scriptures. Luke 12. I'll read you that. Luke 12, verse 10. 
What does it say there? No, that's not what I want. 10 to 13. Why have I got that? No. I've missed that one. Something must be another verse. Shame, I thought I'd check that. Never mind. Just looking back to 10. Okay, we'll leave that one. Acts 28, sorry about that. I'll have to find it. Acts 28, 7 to 9. There was an estate nearby. Paul had just been shipwrecked on the island of Malta. There was an estate nearby that he that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home and for three days entertained us hospitably. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him and after prayer placed his hands on him and healed him. When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. So there it was, you know, he went and just laid his hands on them and there was a release of the healing power of Jesus. So I want you people to have faith in God. That God is a good God. And God desires to heal us. You know, our enemy says, well, what about this and what about that? And we'll deal with some of those whatabouts. We need to start at this point and say, well, God is a healing God and I trust him. And and, and we we need to believe to see those things happen. Yes? Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we just thank you today. You're such a good God. Lord, I thank you that you love us with an unfailing love. You do. You wish above all things that we might prosper and be in health, even as our souls are prospering. And so, Lord, I pray that there will be a release of your healing grace, Lord, amongst us at the Excite Church in an increasing way. We thank you for all the healings that we've already seen. We thank you for the things that you've done in people's lives that that have just been a real blessing. But, Lord, keep going. Keep releasing the giftings. Give us faith to believe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.